Tonight, I want to talk to you about what we, what do we mean when we say the best is yet to come? And tonight, really, I want to kind of paint a broad picture for us as we go forward this year. And each, I believe each time we get together, the Lord's going to add another layer to what this means. And so I need you to zero in. You know, I believe that God's got a word, but you got to zero in. You got to dial in. You got to lean in. You know, when I'm not preaching, I'm like this in the seat when I'm someone else is preaching. Because I'm like, I want it, Lord. I don't want to miss it. I want to encourage you tonight to take notes as we begin to dive into this concept of the best is yet to come. We love to say that. But what would it mean from scriptures? The best is yet to come. So tonight, I pray that it's a broad picture and that the Lord will make a way to speak to you personally. I believe he does, if, you, if you're here. And, um, and, well, and I'm glad you're here. If you have your Bibles, I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. One of my favorite Bible verses. When I got saved, it became one of my favorite verses. Avon wrote a song about it. When I used to think that I could rap. <laughs> wrote a song that said, Cause I'm a new creature, man. I'm a new believer now. All I want to do is get my Christ on. All I want to do is get my praise on. It's a good song, y'all. Thank you. It was a one-hit wonder. But I can forever tell my kids, I wrote a song, y'all. And it was a hit for like, Two months. Well, whatever. What's a hit today anyways? Uh, that would kill today in this terrible hip-hop era we live in. Anyways, that's, a, that's another time. That's another time. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Can you say amen? amen. You know, when we, uh, when we were praying to come to launch this church here, like I said, three weeks from now, we'll make three years since we launched this church. You know, one of the things I felt the Lord say very quickly to us was that the goal was to start a, a new normal, a new normal. Right? A new normal is what the Bible talks about, a new person, a new beginning. Right? And this new normal has different layers to it. In other words, salvation in the full sense of it is not just one thing. It's many things. You know, a lot of times people, when they think about salvation, they just think in terms of forgiveness. And it is. That's the first thing. Jesus came to forgive you of your sins. But forgiveness is incomplete. Right? Jesus didn't come just to forgive you. He came to do so much more than forgive you, right? He came to make you new, completely new, right? If, um, if go with me for a second. If, if Christianity, right, was made in a factory, okay, there would be a process. Just like any factory, when they're producing something, there's a process for you to see the final product of this 
whatever that thing is that they make. And so if you look at Christianity, the ideal sense of Christianity is that there's a process that God wants to take you to make you this new person. But it, 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 the, the process will entail every area of your life, not just some part of your life. This is where people, are, people get it wrong. They think, some people think Christianity is a Sunday thing. That's the farthest thing from the truth. People think Christianity is doing some rituals. That's not it. Those are religious stuff that we do. Right? And there's not, they're not bad in itself, but the true sense of Christianity is that God says, I want to make you new. Like completely new. Right? And so when God takes you through this process, what does he do? He starts with your heart. Why? Because the heart is who you really are. Right? But he doesn't stop there, right? God begins with the heart, but then he gets to your mind. Why? Because your mind is the headquarters. Right? You are what you think. Right? So God begins to say, I need to renew your mind. Right? But he doesn't stop there. He goes with your eyes, and he says, now your eyes are the windows to your soul, and I need you to have a better vision for your life. Not only does he do that, and then he goes with your ears. He says, I need to touch your ear gates because I need you to be able to hear me. Because there's so many voices out there, I need you to be able to understand me and know me because my sheep know my voice, right? You can, you can blindfold a shepherd and, 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 and he can call his sheep and the sheep will know who is the shepherd. That is the intimacy that God wants us to have with him. But not only does he do those things, he also says, now, now I also want to affect everything around you, right? God is not just into you, for you, is into you for those around you. And so God says, the new person that I want to make will also have to affect others. That's why he says, I want you to love God, but love people as you love yourself, right? And the more you love yourself, you learn to love others, right? Because the more forgiven you are, the more you want to forgive, right? Because hurt people usually will hurt people. And so God's like, I- I'm not through with you until I permeate your heart and-, and then your relationships. God, the new you, will permeate the way you parent. It will permeate the way you are a husband or a wife. It'll- it will permeate your finances. Why? Because God says your finances are meant to be a resource, not a God. Right? So this new you, it touches every realm of your life. Right? When he says the old is gone, he's literally saying like, the way that you used to think is gone. The way you used to feel about yourself and others is gone. The way that you used to handle money is gone. The way that you used to be a father is gone. The way that you used to be a mother is gone. Like all, the, it's like I'm doing everything new. And it's a process for you to get to the final product. Right? Now, a lot of times the final product, this is where I believe a lot of churches get it wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing any churches. What I'm saying is sometimes I feel it's incomplete because we think the final product is I'm supposed to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing in Scripture that says to be perfect. The only time in Scripture that says you be perfect, he says be perfect in love. In other words, be so consumed with God that your motives are one of love. Right? But the final product is that, is that as you walk with me, as you look like me, then you're going to start doing things like me. Right? The final product is, yes, holiness is part of it, to be set apart. Holiness and perfection is two different things. Okay? Holiness means I'm set apart, like I'm distinct. I belong to Jesus. There's no question about it. Right? And, and in that holiness, there are things that God wants you to be able to do and accomplish. This is where I believe a lot of churches get it wrong. 
We don't talk about the fact that, that when he makes you new, he's, he's also renewing your dreams. He's renewing your aspirations. He's renewing your goals. Why? How do we know this? Because he said, I came to redeem you. In other words, I came to put you back the way it was meant to be in the beginning. Right? So if you backtrack to Genesis, he says, let us make man in our image and likeness. And then he says, let, let them have dominion. Let them rule. Let them subdue. Let them be fruitful and multiply. Those are the things that God says, I want my people to have back. What the enemy came to steal from you, Jesus says, I came to bring it all back. Okay? And, and, and a great example of this is what he said when he was talking about his sheep. He said, my sheep hear my voice. But then he said this, there's a difference between me and the other guy. Can I show it to you? John 10, 10, he said this. He said, look, the thief's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. So if you were to ask me, what is the final product of Christianity on this earth? Because a lot of times we talk about, yeah, I'll get to heaven. No, heaven is the destination. The journey here is meant to be a journey of a rich and satisfying life now. Not in heaven. Okay, now, this is where I believe, unfortunately, when I look around Christianity, I don't see a lot of Christians living rich and satisfying lives. And that should concern us because that's the promise. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And unfortunately, a lot of times, we're just focusing on the first part. We're always rebuking the enemy and talking about how things are not working out, but we forget that he's saying, no, no, no. That's, that's the first part. Your, your job is to focus on the second part, which is the rich and satisfying life that I came to give you. That's what you need to zero in on. Right? But the enemy is so clever at, at twisting things. He's so clever at making the struggle the point. The struggle was never the point. The struggle is to show you the end result. Matter of fact, if you're paying attention in your journey, the struggle is actually what's really molding and shaping you into the rich and satisfying life that you're meant to have. So we should be, we should be spending less time talking to the enemy and more time claiming the promises that God has for us. This is why I tell you guys all the time, when people are hating, your job is to smile and wave and keep going. Why? Because their job is not to fight with haters. Your job is to embrace the one that said, I have a rich and satisfied life for you. Don't spend your energy there. Spend your energy here on the rich and satisfying. I know we don't like that word rich. It's, you barely hear people talk about the word rich anymore because we're like, uh, we're not supposed to be. I don't know where we got that from. I don't know where we got that from. Think about this, right? What if this was reversed? The enemy comes to still kill and destroy. My purpose is to give you a poor and unsatisfactory life. Like, I mean, you guys are like, I'm in. I want a poor and unsatisfactory life. That's, that's why I come to church. But isn't it crazy that a lot of times you look around Christianity, that's what you see. Why? Because we bought into the lie. We're bought into the lie that, that Christians are not meant to prosper. We're not meant to succeed. We don't even use the word success anymore. Why? Because it sounds so carnal. 
And the enemy is clever saying, yeah, that's pride and that's this and that's that. But when God says, I created you to succeed. I created you to prosper. I created you to be blessed. Listen, I know that the next few weeks, this, this series right here is going to jam a lot of mindsets. But I need us to be unjammed because this is God's will for you to be rich and satisfied, to be blessed. Trust me, it's, it's even in me. I, I'm working through this stuff. Don't forget that the first person I preached to is myself. That I grew up in a church that just talked about holiness to the Lord. But then you look around, you're like, where's the people though? Where's the success? Where's the blessed life? Right? It's not meant to just be a rigid thing like, let's be perfect. That's never God's will for you. That's why a lot of people walk away from church. Like, where's the rich and satisfying life? Where's the accomplishing? Because, man, when you read Genesis, what the Bible was really saying in Genesis is saying, man, you're, you're meant to, like, do amazing things. You're, you're meant to subdue. You're, you're meant to, to, to prosper. You're meant to accomplish. And so before I get there, let me tell you this. The obstacle is this, is that there is an enemy, and he's trying to keep you down. The <laughs> When I was a youth pastor, I used to say to the kids, the enemy is not your mom and dad. <laughs> but when you're immature, you think mom and dad is the enemy. Right? right? And then we grow up, well, what do we do? We still play the blame game. That's the same lie that the enemy has been feeding us since the garden. It started there. Right? One of the greatest steps to maturity is when we stop blaming. And we stop growing. And we start taking responsibilities. For ourselves. So I want to tell you this right now. There are some things you have to stop doing. Okay. Can I give you a few things you need to stop doing because this is not God's will. First of all, don't give in. Don't give up. You are on the brink of greatness. And I know greatness looks different for all of us because we're all unique. But if God created you, your job is to not give in. Your job is to not give up. Okay? Your job is to not be afraid to demand more. You know what I find fascinating, church? I was thinking about this. I think sometimes we are afraid to succeed. Never be afraid to succeed. Never apologize for wanting more that God has for you. Because it's built inside of you. Remember when we were kids, how much we used to dream? And I don't think those things were accidents. I don't think those things were innocence. I think it was God given to us. They were meant to dream for more. They were meant to believe for more. You got to stop settling for less. Because after a while of being, being beat down and, 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 and put down, we have a tendency to just kind of just coast. And I, I believe this year is a year to say, no, no, no. I'm not going to settle for anything less than God's will for me. I'm not going to settle. And here's another big one. Stop talking yourself out of it. Sometimes you don't, your worst hater is you. You are your worst enemy. Always talking yourself down. The Bible says there's power of life and death in your words. Don't take your words lightly. Don't go on Facebook and say things, everything that's wrong. First of all, nobody cares. <laughs> Stop self-prophesying. 
I'm praying, church, that when you come to this church, this is so real to you. Every morning you get up and you say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to prosper. None of that. Oh, I knew it. Stop talking like you don't know there's a God. Stop talking like God is not for you. Even when things are going work, you can still claim his promises. Listen, I know things sound crazy, but I know a God that can do exceedingly above. I can never ask or think of. Speak life. I know, listen, oh man, I was not expecting this bill. But guess what? The Bible says that he can supply all of my needs according to his riches, so I'm going to trust him. Oh, man, I wasn't expecting things to break down at the house, but Romans 8.28 says that, that he works out everything for the good of those who love him. Speak life this year. Speak life. Don't talk yourself out of it, and don't waste time with people who are not into it. Come on now, because a lot of times... Our biggest struggle is our environment. Some of y'all, you get all excited about what God wants to do, but you go right back to that same old environment. And that's a never-ending cycle. That's the definition of insanity. We keep doing the same thing, we're expecting different results. It's not going to happen. Okay. I'm telling you, I've been telling you this all year. The enemy of great is good enough. And a lot of people, unfortunately, have settled for good enough. But I, I want you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that tells you now, I'm meant for more. I'm meant to have more. I'm meant to be more. I'm meant to accomplish more. I'm meant to be a blessing. I'm meant to be a giver. I'm meant to have more. I want to give you a, a verse that I've been meditating on all week. I believe this is going to be one of a, those verses that's a catalyst and and, uh, and if you like it, jump on with me on this. I've been claiming this, and praying this verse, and I'm believing this for you. In Isaiah, it's one of the promises of God. He said this about, about us. He said, don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious hand. Those are the promises you got to hold on to. You know, I read this verse sometime this week. I can't remember what day it was. Because you got to start your day with the Word of God. Don't start your day on Facebook. First thing out of you should be the Word. That sets the course for the day. So I started with that and no idea. Listen, God is so good that I was going to have a conversation that was going to try to discourage me that day. I read it, prayed, moved on, had this conversation, forgot about the verse, got home, and the Lord reminded me, I told you, don't. Be discouraged. I am with you. That's what you got to believe in. You got to trust God. So all week, all week I've been renewing my mind with this word. That's how you renew your mind. All week when things have come up, I said, these verses, I won't be afraid. God's with me. I won't be discouraged. Praise my God. He will help me. All week long, you have two choices. You can talk yourself into your dreams or you can talk yourself out of your dreams. I'm asking you tonight, talk yourself into your dreams. Talk yourself into your destiny. Powerful thing when you begin to condition your mind with God's word. This is the full salvation, people. Is that we're meant 
to believe and do and accomplish much. I believe this. We're going to walk into a year of abundance. I believe this. It's a season of abundance. It's a season of growth. It's going to be a season of blessings. It's going to be a season of a rich and satisfying life. And I'm not going to settle for anything less than God's best for me. So I want to challenge you tonight to put yourself in situations where you have to prosper. Put yourself in situations where God has to come through. Something, please write this down, something in us dies when we're not being challenged. This is why your environment is so critical. If you're not around people who are hungry, after a while, that hunger will begin to dissipate. If you're not around people who are passionate, after a while, your passion begins to diminish. If you're not around people who want to succeed, after a while, average becomes normal. It's about a new normal. It's God's normal. For our lives. You go to high school, you better get around some high schoolers who are passionate about their education, who want to do better, who want to be better, who want to excel, who want to live above just mediocrity. They want to do things well in life. Get around some high schoolers, get around some college students who want to do well in their lives. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Telling you, God is for you. But you got to put yourself in the situations for him to bless you. you got to put yourself in situations for him to see you through. We're meant to achieve. We're meant to accomplish. All you have to do is pay attention. Your soul screams for accomplishments. Even the little things. Remember when I was a kid? Remember that accomplishment, especially for us dudes? Like when you clean your room, you walked out like a ball, like... Yo, check it out, mom. Can I go now? Right? Like a boss. Or when you're cramming in college, 3 in the morning, you finish that paper, and you're like, I'm going to Wendy's. I'm going to Wendy's. I deserve a blessing. I'm going to Wendy's. Praying tonight, you don't lose focus of that. Is it driving you for more? Is it driving you for more? Because you're meant to be. It's in your DNA. It's in your salvation DNA. It is in your salvation DNA because you serve a God who likes to accomplish things. Can you say amen? So question tonight, what will you do this year? What will you do this year? What will you accomplish this year? I'm telling you, it's time to believe God for unbelievable things. I, 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 listen. I want you to believe things that you know God had to be in it. Like, for us to have this church, God had to be in it. God, listen, I stop, I'm baffled. I'm like, man, God, like, we were just talking about this. We're like, how in the world, how do we double in a year? And, and Elijah was like, where are these people coming from? I was like, I don't know. They just keep coming. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm believing for a fresh chapter in your book. You've got one book to write. That's your life. I'm believing you write a great story this year. I'm believing you write a great chapter. I'm believing for a bold faith, a faith that truly moves mountains. 
I'm believing for you to stop apologizing that God is good. And stop believing that God is big. I want to believe with you tonight. And so, and so practically, I don't know what that means for all of us. But I do want to launch some things out there. I, I do believe this for some of you guys is go get that education. Go get that education. You've been dreaming about it. You talked about it. Now it's time to go get it. I know it's going to be rough. It might be night, night classes, whatever. But you know what? Sky's the limit. When God is for you, go get it. Go get that education that you've been dreaming about. For some of you, you've been, you've been dreaming about a house. And you drive by and you see for sale signs, but you haven't taken the steps because you haven't had the faith. I believe this year, God is saying this is your year. Step into your faith. Step into it. Believe God for it. You've been dreaming about getting married. And I know the knucklehead is dragging his steps. I believe this is your year. I already have three marriages lined up for the year. I'm open. More marriages. Let's do it. And if you're single, the church has doubled. I'm saying, look around. Open your eyes. Stop making some declarations tonight. (laughs) We do it all here. Do it all, like everything, including life insurance. It's called heaven. Do it all. (laughs) Some of y'all, this is the year you start your business. You got a business in you. Start it. Launch it. Trust God with it. Some of you guys, you already have a business. God's saying, I want you to expand it this year. You know what's cool about people who have heart for business? I pray you get this heart. It's not about the money. It's about the people you can bless. Right? How cool would it be? Listen, how cool would it be for some of you guys to expand your business this year and you can be able to bless others who can't bless themselves? I believe whatever is in you. That's why I tell people, listen, the beautiful thing about church is if you go around right now, we all are in a different area. And God wants you to be a blessing there. You may not preach, but guess what, man? Your business could preach. The way you carry yourself as a businessman is going to say a lot about the God that you serve. Right? And so if you have a heart for business, man, I say you launch it. I say you launch it, man. Every time I drive by New Bedford, I see a local business closed. I pray, God, put another one in there. Open another door. Bless somebody else. Bless another family that's going to bless many families. I say this year, more businesses. More But I also want to believe this year you've been praying for your loved ones to come to Jesus. I'm praying this year we see a harvest among your loved ones this year to come to Jesus Christ this year. I'm believing that this year you're going to step into your role as a man and a woman of God. Some of y'all, you've been kind kind of checking it out. It's time to stop checking it out. You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. Step into that role. Step into that destiny. Embrace the role that God has for you. Don't apologize for it. You will never be perfect. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He just wants you to be available and be his. Be all the way in. Give God everything you have and see what he does with you. I want to leave you tonight with these verses from Psalm 37. What a powerful, again, the Bible is full of promises. Spend time in them. 
Spend time in them. Psalm 37 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take the light in the Lord. He will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. These, my friends, these are the words that you need to keep in the forefront of your mind and heart every day. These are the words that I would encourage you to print out and put them in your bathroom and put them at work because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy every day. But remember, his promise is I came to give you a rich and satisfying life. And so I keep, listen, the way it works is I profess it, I believe it, I claim it, I walk it out, I live it out, and I see God come through for me. As I end tonight, there's two things that you have to keep in the forefront when you're going for those dreams in you. You got to pray, but you got to push. And then you got to push, and then you got to pray. That's the secret. People ask me all the time, Pastor Mark, how do you do it? There's no secret. You pray, you push. You push, and you pray. Okay? That's the amazing thing. Listen, if you do your part, God will do his part. And sometimes you, you don't know what the part is. That's time to, time to pray. And when you pray, he gives you something to push for. You pray and you push. You push and you pray. Come on. I want you to say it with me because that's what we're going to do all year long. You're going to pray. You're going to push. You're going to push. And you're going to pray. Come on. Tell your neighbor that. Pray. But also push. Push. But also pray. Pray. And push. Push. And pray. And watch what God will do this year. Come on, do you believe it tonight? It's going to be an awesome year in God's house. Give God some praise tonight. Faith works in advance. I don't have to see it to believe it. I just know that my God is faithful. He is good. He is awesome. He is for me. Who can be against me? I begin to profess by faith that this year is blessed. My family is blessed. My children is blessed. My finances are blessed. I'm walking into my new house this year. I'm walking into everything that God has for me this year. Can you say amen? Come on, one more shout unto God today. Amen.